48K News. It's 11 o'clock. I'm Sean Kennedy. Tonight's headlines. Beijing announces tit-for-tat measures in response to Washington's latest sanctions. A court denies bail for two people in custody who have been linked to allegedly seditious children's books. The chief executive says critics of the Hong Kong police over the past two years owe the force an apology. And the opening ceremony of the Tokyo Olympics takes place in an almost deserted stadium. In the past hour, Beijing has hit back at U.S. sanctions, announcing measures of its own. The foreign ministry announced sanctions against seven U.S. individuals and entities, including former U.S. Commerce Secretary Wilbur Ross. It said the counter-sanctions are a response to the U.S. measures a week ago. Last Friday, Washington added seven deputy directors at the liaison office to the U.S. Treasury's specially designated nationals list. It also issued an advisory warning international companies of the risks posed by the national security law. China's sanctions are the first imposed under its new anti-foreign sanction law, which it passed in June. A national security judge has remanded two people in custody after they were arrested yesterday and brought to court over allegedly seditious children's books, Francis Sit reports. 25-year-old Lai Man Ling, chairwoman of the General Union of Hong Kong Speech Therapists, and 27-year-old Melody Young, the union's vice chairwoman, are charged with conspiracy to print, publish, distribute, display or reproduce seditious publications. Prosecutors allege that the books were printed to incite hatred against the government and the administration of justice, to incite people to commit violence and to counsel disobedience to law. Chief Magistrate Victor Soult denied the accused bail, and the case was adjourned to August 30th. Prosecutors also told West Kalu Magistracy that more charges may be laid against the pair and more people may be charged. Three other members of the union were also arrested by National Security Police on Thursday, but were not charged. Supporters of Ms Lai and Ms Young held placards depicting angry and blindfolded sheep outside the court building. Members of the Pro-Democracy Confederation of Trade Unions, including Meng Siu Tat, also attended a hearing to show support. Chief Executive Carrie Lam says Hong Kong people who have opposed the police over the past two years owe the force an apology. Richard Pine reports. Speaking on RTHK's English language backchat program, the chief executive said the police have been unfairly treated by the public since the 2019 protests. She noted that even some civil servants were against them. Events unfolding in the last year, including the report done by IPCC, which is a fact-finding, a very detailed fact-finding report, and all these cases now brought before the court. One has to realize that for those who have been sympathetic to the rioters and um, uh, resist or anti-police, I think they owe the police an apology. The CE also rejected the notion that the force was used to respond to a political problem sparked by the anti-extradition bill. It's a security problem. People are flowing petrol bombs. People are attacking ordinary people, setting fire on people who held a different opinion, flowing a brick at an old man and killed him. These are security, highly risky and they, they behaviors. When it was put to Mrs. Lam that people felt frustrated that they couldn't have a dialogue to address their grievances, she warned against using this as a justification for violence. Come on, you are very, you are treading on very, very dangerous lines. For people who are unhappy, dissatisfied with the environment they're living in, with the government of the day, that could not justify violence. That could not justify bridging the law and killing people. Let's be very clear on that. 
The Hong Kong leader also said that external forces have used the territory to suppress China since the handover in 1997, but people weren't sensitive enough to notice. She alleged that foreign interference was behind major protests over the past two decades, including those against Article 23 national security legislation in 2003, the Umbrella Movement in 2014, and the anti-extradition protests. The chief executive insisted that Hong Kong is thriving and people still enjoy their freedoms under the national security law. What sort of freedoms have we lost? What sort of uh, vibrancy has Hong Kong been eroded? If you look at the stock market, the property market and the technology sector, the startups, even the arts and culture now, they are all booming because of the support from the central people's government and because of the restoration of order and stability in Hong Kong. You're tuned to RTHK. The time is coming up to five minutes past 11. The opening ceremony of the Tokyo Olympics has taken place in a largely empty stadium. Due to the coronavirus pandemic, it lacked the usual mass choreography and a moment of silence was held in honour of the victims of COVID-19. Fewer athletes than, than is customary marched in the team's parade and all were wearing masks. The BBC's Alex Kapstick reports. A burst of fireworks in the colours of indigo and white and after a 12-month delay, the opening ceremony is underway. The Olympic Stadium is mostly empty. Around 950 VIPs have been invited, led by Japan's Emperor Naruhito. Outside, a group of protesters can be heard calling for the event to be cancelled. Inside, the tone much more subdued than usual as it reflects on the past 18 months and the global pandemic. There was a moment of silence in memory of all those who've died. Health workers helped carry Japan's national flag. It was raised next to a model of Mount Fuji. This is far from the joyous, noisy celebrations of previous shows. And the athletes' parade is also different. The teams, much smaller because of Covid restrictions, are marching into a soundtrack of video game theme tunes. And for the first time, delegations are allowed two flag bearers, one male and one female. Exams authorities have published a sample paper for the revamped liberal studies subject covering topics such as national security and the city's integration with the mainland. Priscilla Ng reports. The government announced in May that liberal studies will be renamed citizenship and social development with a revised curriculum in the coming school year after the subject was blamed by the pro-Beijing camp for radicalizing students during the 2019 social unrest. Now, the Examinations and Assessment Authority published a sample HKDSE paper for the renamed subject with multiple choice questions as well as short and essay-type questions, all of which must be answered. One of the essay questions asks about the responsibilities of the World Health Organization and vaccine hesitancy, while the two other questions are on Hong Kong's national security law and the SAR's role in the development of the Greater Bay Area. Among other things, students are asked to identify one possible concern people may have about the security law on Hong Kong's business environment. The paper includes an excerpt of the legislation to which students are expected to explain how the concern could be eased. Another section of the question, meanwhile, asks pupils to describe how important school education is in nurturing young people's sense of belonging to the country. 
On Greater Bay Development, students are asked to state an example of cross-boundary transport infrastructure which was recently built and explain how that could facilitate development in the region. They are also required to explain, with reference to sources such as an outlined development plan for the Greater Bay Area, why Hong Kong young people pursuing careers across the border are met with both opportunities and challenges. The new curriculum for the revamped subject will be implemented from September onward, and the Education Bureau had previously said it will only cover three themes, namely Hong Kong, the nation, and the contemporary world. All textbooks will also be vetted. Mervyn Cheung, the chairman of the Hong Kong Education Policy Concern Organization, welcomed the new curriculum, saying a strong emphasis on national security was very important. It's positive because uh, it uh, sets out uh, the areas and also the points of uh, the, the, the points of interest to to the students and what they should do uh, in the face of the um, uh, the newly enacted national security uh, legislation. For instance, they are they, they need to be uh, familiar with the national security topic and uh, understand its importance, and at the same time be aware and, and also active in building a positive uh, national identity, sense of belonging to to the territory here and also to to the motherland. Eleven people have been acquitted of illegal assembly at the Taipo Market MTR station two years ago after a magistrate said surveillance footage submitted by prosecutors as evidence wasn't clear enough to identify the defendants. Francis Sitt reports. The West Kowloon court heard that on the night of September the 7th, 2019, people had gathered outside the Taipo Market station and some protesters had carried out illegal acts, such as damaging the station's turnstiles. Prosecutors earlier submitted as evidence CCTV footage taken at the station, alleging that the 11 defendants, aged 15 to 49, were at the scene. Magistrate Veronica Hung said the court could only rely on the surveillance footage when deciding on the case, as no one had witnessed when the defendants arrived or what they did at the scene. But she said the quality of the surveillance footage was poor, with colors distorted and some images even pixelated, adding that the videos didn't clearly show people's faces. The magistrate said even though the defendants had acted suspiciously on the night, the prosecutors have been unable to prove their case beyond reasonable doubt. Ten pro-democracy figures, including former lawmakers Albert Ho, Chu Hoi Dick and Andrew Wan, have indicated they'll plead guilty to charges related to a June 4th vigil in Victoria Park last year. Two others say they'll deny the accusations against them. Jimmy Choi reports. The 12 who appear at the district court are among 20 people facing charges, including taking part in an unauthorized assembly and inciting others to take part in a banned rally. The other eight defendants did not appear because they had already told the court how they intended to plead. Back in May, another four activists, Joshua Wong, Tiffany Yun, Lester Shum and Janelle Lung, were jailed for between four and ten months after pleading guilty early on. Prosecutors say media tycoon Jimmy Lai and former lawmaker Lung Yu Chong will be pleading not guilty. Mr Lai is already serving sentences for other protest-related offences and is also awaiting trial for alleged national security offences. Those now intending to admit their guilt, prosecutors say, are veteran Democrats Albert Ho and Chen Meng Kuang, activists Figo Chan and Kwok Wing Kin, former lawmakers Andrew Wan, Ju Hoi Dick and Lan Kwok Hong, and former district councillors Chiu Yan Loi, Lan Kwok Wah and Mac Hoi Wah. 
In total, eight out of the 20 remaining defendants in the case have indicated they will deny the charges against them. Their trial is set to begin on November the 1st and is expected to last 10 days. The other 12 defendants are expected to officially enter their guilty pleas and submit mitigation during a court appearance on September the 9th. The polling hours for the upcoming Election Committee subsector election will be shortened to nine hours from 15 due to a sharp drop in the number of eligible voters. Around 8,000 people are eligible to vote in the poll after Beijing overhauled the SAR's election system compared to 250,000 in 2016. Barnabas Fung is the chairman of the Electoral Affairs Commission. This is a practical arrangement in view of the fact that there will be only about 8,000 voters in total, so that um, also we have taken the advice of LegCo, and it is only um, clean enough that you know 15 hours would be too much, and hence um, not an efficient use of public resources. So that we reduced the polling hours for the uh, smaller electorate. The election will be held from 9 a.m. to 6 p.m. on September the 19th. Police say they've crushed the first drug trafficking syndicate that relies on self-storage facilities and couriers to store and transport drugs. They said they seized drugs worth more than $70 million and seized four men aged between 19 and 29. Now for sport and for a look at the latest transfer news in the English Premier League, here's the BBC's Maz Faruqi. It's been a relatively quiet transfer window for clubs in the English Premier League up until now, but speculation has been bubbling away for some time now about the future of the England captain Harry Kane. And reportedly Manchester City have stepped up their interest for the Tottenham striker and are preparing a bid of nearly 220 million US dollars. That is despite the City boss Pep Guardiola insisting at the end of last season that it would be impossible for them to sign a striker. The club are on the lookout, remember, for a replacement for Sergio. Aguero. And if such a fee were agreed, it would represent a new British record for a new signing, overtaking the $120 million fee Manchester United paid for midfielder Paul Pogba. City are also reportedly interested in also bringing the Aston Villa captain Jack Grealish to the Etihad, again for a fee of over $100 million US dollars. He's another player who hugely impressed at the European Championship earlier this month in an England shirt. Everton, though, have been one of the busiest Premier League sides this window. On Thursday, they confirmed their third signing of the European summer under their new manager, Rafa Benitez. The former Leicester City and Bayer Leverkusen winger, Damari Gray, has joined. And a reminder of our top stories tonight. Beijing announced tit-for-tat measures in response to Washington's latest sanctions. A court denies bail for two people in custody who have been linked to allegedly seditious books. And the opening ceremony of the Tokyo Olympics takes place in an almost deserted stadium. A look at the weather. It'll be mainly cloudy with a few showers, isolated thunder, squally thunderstorms in the morning and at night. Very hot with temperatures between 27 and 33 degrees. And it'll stay hot apart from a few showers in the following couple of days. Currently, the thunderstorm morning is in effect and will stay there until 1.30 in the morning. And the very hot weather warning has also been issued. Currently, it's 30 degrees Celsius and the relatively humidity is 82%. The news from RTHK.
over the past few Fridays, we've been having a big band Friday night. This hour is no exception. First up is Ella Fitzgerald. Cigarette holder, which wigs me over his shoulder. He digs me out, Captain. That's a Speaks Latin. That. 